0: Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast.
1: What's up everybody? This is episode 6 of the Small Town Wealth Podcast. Today's guest is Chris Holm. Chris is a good friend of mine and just happens to run the team I work within at REMAX Vernon. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Chris, and I want to emphasize that this is not a marketing play for our team. Rather, David and I brought him in to discuss his illuminating story and discuss the things he stands for.
0: Chris runs a multi-member real estate team at Remax Vernon and prides himself on being a service-first kind of guy. He believes the industry is falling short and emphasizing sales quantity over the quality. He believes the days of salesmanship in real estate is effectively
1: dead. And instead of dwell on that negative, Chris has decided to practice what he preaches. He prides himself on giving his clients first class service and honest attention, separating himself from the competition in the process.
0: Not only will he shed some light on the current business landscape in his field, he will tell an inspirational story about love centered around the birth of his first child, Blake. His meaning of love and family has transformed over the last few months and is truly a beautiful thing.
1: A true people person full of passion and empathy. We're really stoked for this one. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Chris Holm.
0: Good? What's up, Facebook and Instagram?
1: Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, we got Chris Holm in the studio today. Uh, this is episode six of the Small Town Wealth podcast. Uh, Chris is, is an exciting guest for us to have here because he's he's. A real estate guru uh, according to me uh, he's been teaching me and and just so that everyone has a backdrop I work under his team and uh, we've formed quite the friendship here so I think Chris has a, a an awesome story to tell and I want to hear it through his words rather than me trying to regurgitate it so why don't you like take us back to the very beginning like how things started how you started in real estate but take us way back
2: childhood, teenage years, wherever you want to go man. Way back. Well I guess I grew up uh, with a dad who was a builder so I've kind of been in and around the business pretty much my whole life. Um, Did a little bit of building with my mom and her husband uh, back in 2003-2004. Met a fellow that sort of directed me towards real estate. Never ever thought I'd ever get into real estate to to that side of the business Um, but that's sort of the 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 catalyst to push me towards it was getting out of the building side of it into the into the sales side of it right yeah
1: what didn't you like about the building side like what kind of pushed you out of that
2: um you know I just I'm more of a people person that came out of the the service and hospitality business okay. so yeah. you know I spent 15 years doing that and it was definitely a little bit more um probably more my style were yeah. you in like
0: the restaurant industry or? I was, yeah. I
2: actually worked okay. for the Keg down in Kelowna for, oh, for 15 cool. years almost. Okay. Yeah. yeah was... Server, kitchen? like uh, I did pretty much everything um, other than the kitchen side of things. I did uh, service side, service, uh, bartending, management. So yeah, kind of the whole, the whole gamut of it. Did you grow up in Vernon? You're born and raised here? No, I grew up in Calgary actually. Yeah, really? I was born and raised in Calgary, moved out to the Okanagan in 94. And uh, I definitely will probably call the Okanagan home for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. yeah, that tends to happen like that. You actually get a lot of imports from from Alberta, yeah. but not only just that, but like Lower Mainland. But there's a lot of people from oh, yeah. Alberta here.
0: Lots. Well, that's insane. also what they were saying in the Brian was saying in the last podcast too about like the fact that. You know the only people that don't want to stay here, don't want to call it home, are the ones that were born here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody moves in here, like it's true. I had to do
1: might. the same thing. Like 2010, I graduated and it was like, okay, I gotta get the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. then it's
2: like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna come back home now, <laughs> now that I experience everything. But yep. it's kinda yeah, it's kind of cool. I've heard a lot of people do that, right? They, they move away from where they're from this area, but then they, they always want to come back. So, which kind of leads into real estate, right? I mean, you get yeah. people that uh, come back here and it's just a very desirable place to live. So, how long how long uh, were you in
0: Calgary before you moved into the Okanagan?
2: Uh, probably till I was 20, one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. So okay. like I okay. said nineteen ninety four is when I moved. Not there. the year twenty twenty one. Yeah. He's so all with it. <laughs> time travel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I did like service business from twenty one till 36, 37 years old and then okay. slid into the real estate side of things. So, so I did.
1: wanna hear a little bit more about the service the service industry stuff. Because yeah. that was a huge catalyst for me, like a huge uh, learning curve all the way from going to fast food, um, you know, pizza shops up to actual commercial kitchens. Um, I learned unbelievable people skills and and just, you know, work ethic in general. So I want to know like how that started for you. What even brought you into that and, and how, like, what did you learn along the way that has translated so well?
2: Well, I think the slide into it, I was a pretty shy kid. I, I, yeah <laughs> i was pretty shy so i i sort of forced myself to to look into the service industry just because you do have to deal a lot with people and kind of get out of your comfort zone and that so i moved down to Kelowna in 94 i lived there till 2005 and um yeah just sort of fell into that business it was an excellent business to be part of though so i worked at a couple of restaurants down there a couple of bars um, but the keg was like was the main one so and learned a ton there you know like you said people skills um, structure um, just service in general, right? Just helping exceed people's expectations. Now, was yeah. that,
0: was that something that you always wanted to get into? Like the service industry, something like that? Like, cause you said you were a shy kid. So what got you to go out of your shell?
2: Yeah. I, I never would have thought that I would have got into service either just based on that. Cause I was pretty shy. Um, so I think it was more me just realizing I needed to find a way to push myself out of being, uh, a little introverted. You know, was that was that something that maybe because of something you wanted to be when you grew up
0: or like what did you want to be when you're? Yeah, no. did
1: you have like a grand vision when you were like you know ten years old like oh yeah. I want to be this? Usually it's like a cop or a fireman or something like that. But for you, was there something?
2: No, you know I never had a, like a clear direction. I played hockey when I was younger, so you know I, as as every young guy thinks he's going to play in the NHL, and then uh, girls and partying <laughs> gets in the way for for many of us. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, so that would probably be the only thing I ever thought that I. That i might do up to a certain point and and i think you know probably start, i thought about getting into firefighting at one point you know i was doing building with my dad when we were a kid hated it it was miserable doing it just but you know that's being a teenager so
1: but i'm sure you learned a lot even in that point
2: i did and that's actually a really good um the skills that i learned from that too besides the service side is just knowing about homes um that is a huge benefit to this business so
1: oh totally yeah Yeah, because you get some of the the building side of it I mean for me it's it's very difficult to relate to some of these building terms and stuff and I really have to educate myself as as right. I go but you can almost help builders deal with their stuff Yeah, builders
2: of that. and then people that are thinking about renovating or building a home on their own I mean yeah you know I know we're gonna talk about it a little bit later but just that that guidance of people to help them understand what's best to put in homes um, how to best make their or make the best value in their home when they are thinking about doing renovations those kinds of things when you've been around that business you you see a lot of it and you can see what you can actually do to a house so yeah
1: totally so like you didn't like construction yeah and then you went into the service industry was that almost like a rebellion because our paths of success or you know relative success for me at this point is was very much like that it was like i grew up on the farm and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to get out of here and I got to do things my own way. So that's what brought me to the service industry was like exactly that. It was almost my own little personal rebellion. Was it sort of like that for you? Like you just had to get out of that and try something completely
2: new? I think maybe a little bit, but I think, you know, once I got started in the service side of things, I realized that it's kind of like running your own little business. So you have a, um, a place to be, but your success is based on how well you do and how well you help the people around you succeed with that. So that was... That was one of the big things i learned from the service side of things you know just working in the restaurants is that your little section that you're working that's it's your business and if you want to do well you treat people well if you are just there for a good time and you'll only ever succeed as much as you want to
1: that's funny because yeah. we actually had Jaron on like a few weeks ago and he said the exact same thing because he started out in yeah. that same type of thing uh, you know he would run it like a business right. It's like oh these are my five tables this is how I'm gonna treat this person this is how I'm gonna treat this person and that's pretty interesting actually yeah. so it kind of set you up so yeah what slid you into real estate then
2: well like I said I was doing a little bit of building with my folks here actually in the Vernon area and uh, again wasn't really my cup of tea but I I had just gotten married and it was more along the lines of, okay, I need to get a grown-up job, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I started building with them, and then we were doing a little project here in town, and I met this fellow here in town who I was looking to market the project for us. Him and I got chatting, and he was just like, "Why are you on this side of the business? Like, I, I don't see you on this side." And I was like, "Told him the story, you know, just got married, all all that." Right. And uh, he's like, "Well, why don't you come and talk with me?" And so he kind of helped guide me into into real estate. I wasn't. A huge fan of the real estate side of the business just sort of growing up especially seeing it through the 80s and the 90s when it was really more sales right um i think now you know it's it's there's a lot more to it than just being a salesman right totally. so um i didn't have the highest opinion of the industry but once i met this fellow and i'd met a few other realtors that had sort of given me a different view of of how the business actually is so um, yeah and he just kind of helped guide me through got helped me go through the education side of it um, I actually worked on his team for about a year okay. when I first got in the business and uh, and then just sort of evolved from there yeah
1: so tell us about the process then after that point so you start in real estate what's been the evolution since then
2: evolution since then I think it's just building your building your brand building yourself making sure that you take excellent care of people um, I would say you know our business Is built probably over 90% on referral um, for my personal business right Um, there's a lot of different business models out there that are just you know they're just trying to dig up dig up the leads as they call them um, as much as they can but I just wanted to put that different spin on it and and try to really work and do a good job for the people I did a job for and then have them refer people to me because they knew that they could count on me and trust me no that's an interesting point of view
0: when it comes to the business model because I mean knowing the business model in real estate um, I actually I had a wholesaling business about two two years ago. It's wholesaling is a for those that don't know, it's a real estate investing strategy where you, you almost like broker the deal between investor and seller. Um, it's more for real estate investors. So you get the you get the property at a cheaper price or whatever right. it is or needs needs finishings or whatever it is. And yep. I must have been on the phone. We did Canada wide my business partner and I and I must have been on the phone two with two to three hundred sellers in a four five month period. Wow. Um, just going through leads, I had about. I would say 12 to 15 out of those ended up being like people that i went through with uh with deals and then i think only two of them were signed contract two or three were signed contracts and then from there i actually didn't close any from there so it's really interesting that you say the referral side of the business because the referral side gives you much higher quality leads in my opinion because it's so easy to get leads. I mean, we were throwing Kijiji ads, Facebook ads, whatever it is, and anybody just that trying to called, mine everything. Yeah, everybody yeah. and anybody that called, we we spent the time with them, which isn't a bad thing. I did learn a lot from that business as far as rejection goes, but the yeah. quality. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Cool. Yeah. I mean, 15 out of 300. It's it wasn't the greatest totally. track record, but again, so I mean, the referral quality. The, the quality of a referral is so much greater because now you've got somebody that's pleased with the with um with the services that you provided and then you go on and they go on and tell somebody else and that person clearly wants to work with you it's a more serious person rather than just getting a you know a, I hate to use for lack of a better term but random person like a random lead
1: basically oh definitely yes yeah of, you work with like friends of friends because your clients become your friends that's right and that's probably improved the the depth of your business that it was just more.
2: relationship building right i mean and when you can do a good job for people build a bit of a relationship then there's the trust that's there from people and i mean even if you get back to the basics of it in the service business in the restaurant business you would have people that would come in and maybe they were regulars every second friday night or something and when they came in they would you know they might have one or two servers that they would only sit in their sections because they knew they were going to get well taken care of right and right. they wouldn't sit anywhere else so it so kind they're of pick and choosing at that point yeah that's right that's right
0: so yeah. And it's, and it's little things like remembering names and stuff like that. But I mean, that, yeah. that referral based way of doing business goes such a long way in a little town like Vernon. But I mean, in general, the bigger the town, it doesn't really make much of a difference, but especially in a small town where you find that so many people know, everybody knows everybody basically. Right? Oh, totally. Right. So That's totally. I mean, yeah. you hear one good thing, that word travels so fast and it spreads like wildfire.
1: That's right. Well, it's a yeah. lot different than doing business in a place like Vancouver. Cause you know, if, if we were to, Become licensees in Vancouver, for example. If you, you know, for lack of better terms, screw someone over, you know that that influence might only go so far because it's such a huge pond. But here, that follows you and it penetrates our city very, very quickly. So I think being reputable is very important, especially on the referral side. Yeah, Yeah. but I
0: do I do like where you're going with that, and I mean I I I love that I always go back to social media with this, but social media seems to have like kind of exposed that strategy of like, oh, okay, well, it's okay if I screw somebody over in Vancouver, because now if I move to Calgary, nobody really knows me well.
1: And people do do that in business, they, you know, mess up their relationships and they just move.
0: But the the issue is with that now is that word travels so fast, just
1: because you screwed somebody
0: over in Vancouver, you're assuming that they don't know anybody in Calgary and you're starting fresh. Well, I'm sorry, but if somebody gives you a bad review on social media or said something like that, that's on there forever. And everybody that they know, or that their friends know, that their friends' friends know, is going to see that. So word travels fast. If you're a bad person in Vancouver, you're gonna be a bad person in Calgary and that's just getting worse and worse now. So it's really interesting to see that kind of exposure because now you're almost being guilted into being a good person just because of social media if you want to do business long term. If you're gonna be there short term, then take the short term cash, screw some people over, and then hide under a rock for the rest of your life. Yeah, But it is much, much harder to build a long term quality business if you're not going to be a good person and that's right use that referral base that's right
1: so how do you how do you ensure that you keep your clients around like now that you are you've been in the business for a certain amount of time you have established that you want to do largely you know 80 to 90 percent or more of your business from referral yep. how do you keep that referral base going
2: I, you know you try to keep in touch as much as you can um, as you mentioned we are in a smaller town so it's a little easier I mean I live in Armstrong myself, so if I go to the grocery store, I mean, there's, on any given day, I could run into five or six people that are clients of mine. Totally, So, you totally. know, there's, there's always a face-to-face meeting that can be out there. Um, we do a client appreciation event once a year as well. We just really like to say thank you, but it's also a really good way to get face-to-face with people because it's, you know, everybody's got busy lives, so um, that's one of the things that we do. We do a few little mail pieces every year just to say hi. Um, yeah, and just just making sure that people know that we're there, and, and I think at the end of the Day when you've done a good transaction, a good deal with them, and they're happy, you know, you just let them know that you're always there. And I mean, I have people that call me and just ask me random questions, and that's I think that that's the best way to do business because I'm happy to help them. It's, it's not about the dollars that are coming from it, it's about a long term relationship, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think you have to give without expecting something in return. Like you're just giving value. I get that all the time, someone will come up and like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to know something, but are you gonna try and sell me something? Hmm. And it's like, well, what am I gonna sell you? I don't. Yep. I'm just here for for knowledge. And if you do a deal with me tomorrow, it's the same as you doing a deal five years down the road. If I can prepare you for five years, then that's the way it's gonna be. Like that's we right. don't, we're not just trying to convert people. But I think that whole salesman aspect of things still holds true. Well, that's the stigma of it, right? Yeah. 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 People have a a bad, you know, realtors have a bad rap and, and and it's not just that Salesmen in general, like think about like telemarketers and stuff like that. It's awful. Even some telemarketers, I'm sure some of them are really trying to get to, you know, the core of your needs and trying to help you. Like there's a lot of really good people, but it's, it's tough to convey that. So like what I'm, what I want to kind of frame this into a question. How do you go and, and change this industry? How do you make sure that The types of leads that you're getting are better and how do you how do you pull that in
2: yeah that's a good question Um, I think you know 12 years of being in the business um, the business has changed immensely even since I first started you know I started in 2006 and you know everybody had talked about how the internet had changed just the fact that business was done different with real estate but now with Facebook and Instagram as we are on right now I mean it's changed the whole landscape of it and so I think that it's not a salesmanship anymore. There is a lot more to the marketing side of it when you're talking about real estate in general, but then right. from your client's aspect is helping to educate them and let them know what the best practices are and how to actually implement those best practices. Because with internet and Facebook and all of these things, everybody can say that they do that kind of marketing, but it's, are you actually doing it properly, right? What kind of yeah.
0: what kind of stuff are you putting out on those platforms? Because it's, it's super easy to just go from, you know, throwing your listings in direct mail to now... Throwing a listing or hey come to this open house. This is the house I'm selling. This house sold. It's really easy to do that on Facebook and Instagram, but oh, does totally. that provide any value to the end consumer? And you know I like what you said earlier because I know from sh- talking to Shelby that he feels the exact same ways. It's not necessarily about you know transacting every person. It's just about providing as much value as you can to every person. Not only because you learn from explaining things and teaching other people, but just being able to provide that value. I mean, going back to telemarketers, how I closed every single one of my calls when I was wholesaling with all those sellers. I mean, even if it was like, I mean, I could have put five hours, five days of time into these people or five minutes of time at the end of each call. I basically I tried to leave them with a valuable piece of information about what the prices are like in their market right now uh, what strategies they can use maybe helping them out of a tough situation with home equity because this was during the time when Alberta crashed it was right after the, right, right, right right after the oil crash in uh, January 2016 so I mean the, we jumped in I believe May 2016 so it was right as things were like really bottom yeah out. starting to
1: really tank yeah so
0: just leaving people with like little bits of advice even if I'm not gonna do a deal for them like I would tell you that probably 30 or 40% of my calls were these people are in underwater mortgage positions. They can't afford their mortgage anymore mm. and they owe more on their house than it's actually worth. Totally. Yep. And it's just so tough to hear people in that situation. So what can I do? I, you know, I give them as much advice as I can in that situation whether it's telling them to try and hold it out, try and, you know, try this strategy, try that strategy, but making sure that I close every call with a little bit of value because I don't know if I'm ever going to hear from these people again, but again, at the end of the day, that makes me feel good.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. And you can't, you can't use, you can't use like analytics to describe your entire business. Like I don't, I don't take the sum, the, the total sum of my leads. I don't, you know, look at the, that compared to how many I've converted. And then say, oh, I converted 12% of such and such numbers. No, it's not the way things work because relationships don't work like that. That's right. You don't put analytics on relationships. It just, it doesn't work. It's it's a terrible way to do metrics on relationships, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's a tough thing because there's still a lot of people that do business like that. So how have you set up your team in order to I mean, I have a little bit of inside yeah. knowledge, of course, <laughs> yeah. but I want to hear it from, from your perspective. So you were an agent on your own. You, you were in a team first and then you went on your own. Correct. So how did you start building a team and why did you do that?
2: Uh, well, I was on my own for quite a while. Um, I think the team aspect became important to me just based on lifestyle, right? right. Because as a single agent, you can really only do so much business and be able to do business properly, right? And still take proper care of people. So, you know, it starts, maybe a team starts with where you just have an assistant and then maybe you have one other team member or partner that you have so you guys can spell each other because in this business i mean you could work 365 days a year you know and so trying to take time for yourself is really important um it's something i struggle with you know i'm one of those guys that could work 15 hours a day and yeah. and uh, and i'm happy to do that but you know we've just recently had a, a child ourselves too so that's sort of the catalyst for it is is trying to bring and the thing is with our team everybody that's part of our team of course including yourself i mean I think we're all really genuine people, and that's the most important part to me. Um, is that I know that you guys, myself, will always advise people in their best interest. And that's the most important thing, because as you mentioned, you're in a small town, and even if you're not in a small town, you have all this reach out there. Um, yeah. you could, yeah, you could very easily get a bad name just, just based on that. So, I think that's that's sort of the reason for for getting the team going, and and oh, totally. it's just helping other people like yourself me being a young guy getting into the business i think it was a great way for me to start in the business was actually having this person to help give me a little bit of guidance you know oh,
1: totally yeah. yeah that's been important because we all need mentors like i'm sure, you know you still have mentors i'm sure like we're we're all in this game of life and even the people like uh, I'm just gonna throw you know Gary Vaynerchuk and, and Tony Robbins like these guys still have mentors that they go to uh, They don't seem like they do because they're almost like know-it-alls at this point because they know so much yep. and they're so successful, but in order to keep climbing higher you have to you have to do that So you're, you're you've almost taken the back seat on the learning side a little bit just to co- be able to teach us
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly and then I know that my next step is actually to start learning more again myself Yeah, because that will help to, to make everybody better You only have so much time in the day, man. That's exactly (laughs) it. That's exactly it. So jumping
0: into that a little bit more then, that's that's one thing that I've been really curious about because it is different for every person, but I would love to hear how you've you know if you have any strategies or how you're managing if you're still learning how to manage your work life balance. Because it's such a it's a different thing for everybody. There's no one set strategy that works. But I would love to hear how you're doing it because like you said, you you do have a busy job. You could work three three hundred sixty five days a year. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, I just finished reading a really great book um, called "The One The One Thing." And yep. basically what he talks about in that is that you actually, there is no life work balance. It's a, it's about counterbalancing at all. So, cause sometimes okay. you're really in the work side of things, but then once you leave that work side of things, it's about going across the balance line and over to the other side. So your family, your friends, whoever, whatever it may be, and just sort of working your way back and forth on that, but being able to stay focused on those two things. That's something that I struggle with. And, you know, I'd like to become better at that. And so that's, that's where I'm trying to go with it is to, to find those, those times when I can spend the time in my business. We know that in real estate typically kind of March to September are our busiest months. So at that point, that's when you sort of have to be a little bit more focused on that. But then taking that time when the time is a little bit slower in the business, um. although this last year and a half has not been, but just mm-hmm. trying to find that time to spend the time for yourself and make sure that you don't burn out. Yeah.
0: No, I really love what you're saying there about counterbalancing because it actually, I think it's a really great way to do it. You've heard like you don't want to be half pregnant with things. You don't want to be 50% here, 50% there, right. which I find a lot of people um, are maybe disguising their work-life balances. Okay, just because you're working eight hours a day and coming home, are you actually present with your family when you're there? And are you even present at work when you're there? So I think you make a really good point that it's, you know, I'm going to be 100% focused when I'm actually working. And then when I'm with my family, I'm going to be 100% focused on them. So with that, do you, um, like, are you a long day-to-day worker? And then you take weekends, like Monday to Friday, do you work 12 to 15-hour days or 10 to 12-hour days? And then you take weekends with your family? Or how does that work?
2: Yeah, and this business is pretty hard because you could even have a day when you think you're going to have nothing to do. And the next thing you know, you're working for four hours. Mm -hmm. So trying to guard at least one day so what i'm trying to do at this point in my my life and my career is to trying to keep sundays to myself you know? speaking of which thanks for coming in on a sunday <laughs> <laughs> it's sunday evening that's okay my guy's seven months old he's sleeping oh, okay. <laughs> hopefully don't consider this work as, as much <laughs> just take my wife yeah Glad to Robin. Here. <laughs> yes, Thank you, <laughs> um, Yeah, so I mean, that, I, again, it's just what the challenge is, but I, I know that there's people that do it in this business and they, they do find that time for themselves. And I think the eventual goal with having a team is that everybody will be able to have that day for themselves every yeah. week where they can be just totally focused on their family, their friends, you know, whatever it is that, that they wanna do. We've actually just implemented with our team this year that everybody has to take a, a week, a, a seven day, every quarter where they're gone, no phones, know anything, so that you wow. can totally go and unplug yourself and, and be gone. Don't so, worry, that won't really, include you. I was just gonna say that's a really interesting <laughs> strategy. I don't want to. I don't want like, to be included in that. In boots, <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm it's stressed awesome. I'm yeah.
0: stressed out enough that my phone is on live stream right now and it's not like next to me. Yeah, heart, right. heart palpitations right now. Yeah, <laughs> you see me shaking. Yeah.
2: Um. I'll I tell you though, it's the best thing you can do. Like I started doing it a couple years ago, where I would leave my phone here when we go away on vacation. And that first couple of days you're gone, you're kind of jonesing a little bit you're like oh and you're shaking it's that addiction yeah but <laughs> after though once you like settle in it's the most beautiful thing in the world I will take your word for that Chris. Yeah, yeah. I will take your word for that <laughs> one day David will break one his day. addiction maybe maybe
0: yeah. the moment when uh, when the phones get implanted in our arms maybe, yeah. when, uh, when our arms, maybe. Yeah. that way I'll like I'll be able to <laughs> then he won't have to worry that. about doing the whole counterbalances. No, it's like oh it's, it's always with me that's right there's no problem Yeah. yeah. Um, so then sorry just before yeah, we no, segue no, into the next part now I want to like talk a little bit so do you have like set vacation amounts that you take a year because you said like March to September, or maybe your busier time. So do you try to get like one, two, three weeks of vacation per year with your family? Again, same thing to have that counter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pr- prior to the last couple of years, um, we, my wife and I, we would try to take a minimum of two weeks in January typically. Um, and we would just go away somewhere warm and just to, to escape the winter and escape the business and everything for that while. Cause that's, Obviously, the the slowest month of the year is typically January. Last couple of years, it hasn't been quite that. Um, although we did just get back from uh, twelve days out on the island, went to Victoria and, and Opasuk. That looks um, so So, man. and it was we went to an area where they actually literally had no cell service, no internet, no phone. Like it wasn't possible to have it there. Oh, those poor so, people. Yeah, poor, poor people. They were some of the happiest people I've seen. Yeah, just no, walking around. I believe. Around. Yeah, no, I I believe. I'm just, yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, you know, lifestyle. so yeah, you do. You try to do that, but I think. Moving forward, as, as as I mentioned, is that we're trying to get it so that every quarter you have that little time to decompress. Because I mean, this is a people business, and when you are dealing with people, you're dealing with their stresses, and you're always you always have to be on. So you need to be able to go away and just be away from that for a while, so that you can actually better help people.
1: Right. Well, and it's tough to educate your clients about that too, because it's also something we have to break away from a little bit as an industry. Is just. People see us as working 24 hours a day and especially if you start answering your phone at 6 in the morning You start answering it at at 12 at night You set the precedent for people going like oh they work literally all the time which is good on one hand But it's also like okay that person also has a life too." like lawyers don't do that insurance brokers don't do that There's a lot of businesses most businesses do not do that. That's right. I think that's why um, I think you know I enjoy Working until eight nine o'clock, it's not a bad thing. But at some time, sometimes you really do have to break free because it can get tiring, especially when you just need a couple hours. Yep. Yep. So I want to go into your your routine, like your daily routine. Like, are there certain things that you do in the morning and at night uh, just to keep? Almost sane because we all right. need those times you know we, uh, our very first guest uh, Darren Jacqueline he said he controls the first three hours and the last three hours of every single day nice so no matter what those are uninterrupted who knows how early he wakes up maybe it's five and then he starts work at eight right. and then he's off at seven and then he's you know he's by himself until 10 but I found that was pretty cool and I think it's interesting to find out the actual routines yep. so what do you do
2: I wouldn't say that I have a like a strict routine, but my mornings are typically spent in my home office. Um, at home, I'll do emails, phone calls from home. That way, particularly now with having the, the, the new baby as well, I'm able to sort of interact a little bit, um, take a little bit of time. But yeah, I mean, we're usually up by seven o'clock in the morning and I'll make a coffee, have a little bite to eat, uh, maybe read a book for a little while, and then we sort of get the day started from there. I'll start with some emails from the day before. Uh, phones usually start ringing around 9 o'clock, you know, yeah. eight thirty, nine o'clock before it really people are doing too much business by that point so um, then you have that whole morning and then it's about getting ready to, to come typically either to stop by the office make sure everybody here is doing what they're they're supposed to be doing and everything's totally. on track here um, and then it's usually appointments you know afternoons evenings if you're out showing or going to talk to somebody about their listing of their property because everybody's at work too and that's the difference with this industry right is mm-hmm. that it, 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 it's really hard to be 9 to 5 because Everybody has a nine-to-five job, right. so they can't actually meet with you typically until the evenings. So you kind of have to have that flex in the evenings. Yes. Um, I try to be home now by 5 o'clock so that I can be home from 5 till 6.30, have dinner, hanging out with my, my little guy and my wife. And then if I do need to go to an appointment, I can go out there after Right, so you try and yeah.
1: block out that time at least. Yeah. So you're still yeah. controlling a certain period of the day as much as you can. As much as I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's always exceptions, yeah. I'm sure. Though.
2: Yeah, there's lots of fires to put out in this business. So, yeah. yeah you, you do get a little scrambled and protecting yeah. your time is a difficult thing. Yeah,
1: well, and I think we all experience that. I know David, you know, says that a lot. Like he's like, you know, I'm a professional firefighter. It's yeah. Yeah. It's what he has to do in his business. And That's right. It, you know, you're you're no different. Um, I kind of want to change the trajectory a little bit. Okay. Um, you've just had a youngster. Yeah. Can you kind of tell us the backstory there and go into that? because that to me is uh, was a pretty fascinating thing about you. and I've seen you change from this this hard nose like i'm a I'm a realtor all on all the time and now you've really started to crave that time with him and and I think your meaning of love has changed. So can you go go into that? like yeah. how did that all start? It's been a long road for you guys and and it's finally happened. so tell yeah, us about it
2: yeah, it has. Um, my wife and I've been married for coming on 14 years and we've probably been trying to have, we've been trying to have a baby for about 12 years. So we were, we were having wow. challenges on the fertility side of things. Um, nothing that anybody could really explain to us though. So that was the problem was, is that it was unexplained. So, right. um, you know, we, we tried for many years just sort of naturally. Um, and then we got involved with, um, you know, looking into the in vitro side of things. So we've done that several times. Um, uh, my wife's pretty incredible that way. She's, she pushes hard. And uh, so finally, we, we got our miracles. So that's really cool,
1: man. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's it's a long time, and I remember, um, you know, you had him the first week, I believe, and I was house sitting for for the Normandos yeah. right beside. Sorry, Hello. sorry about that. Hello. Automatic uh, light off. <laughs> <laughs> the show goes on. Yeah, right? um, yeah. I was um, house sitting for the Normandos, and I remember you had you had the youngster there, yeah. and and you came over because i think you were just wanting to see how i was doing and how the house was and obviously the sump pumps tend to fail in armstrong there sometimes (laughs) so you were helping me with that but um and then you just like i saw tears come out and i was like holy man, this is this is a different Chris. Like we all put on these masks every day, right? And yep. and that was pretty cool. So your, your meaning of love has,
2: yeah, has changed it's drastically. it's definitely, definitely changed drastically. Yeah, it's been a pretty amazing experience so far. You know, we were able to do a home birth, which was incredible. And then we spent, uh, I spent almost the first two weeks that he was born sort of at home. And I was able to do a little bit of work, but wasn't really wanting to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the team was really great about that. They were supportive and, and sort of jumped on stuff for. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been seven months now. He just turned seven months old Two days ago, wow! And it's, 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 it's pretty awesome. I yeah, showed you guys cool. a video there with him hollering and screaming. So. Yeah, Which yeah. David thinks can go viral. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> yeah, think it can go have viral to post on YouTube. That, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I'm,
1: I'm so, documenting this right now. Yeah. It'll go viral if you post it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the right. small town wealth side. That's right. <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, it has. It's changed it, and it does. It makes me really emotional to to talk about the the process of it. But you know, it's one of those things where. You, you kind of bust your ass for 12 years and, and and try to make a name for yourself and you know treat people well and do all those things. And then all of a sudden you have this huge life-changing moment. And so that is my biggest struggle now is trying to find, as you call it, that, that sort of a balance.
1: Yeah. Well, it's hard enough to find a balance in our, our that work-life thing, right? Right. And, and all of a sudden you've got a youngster at home and it's like, yeah. oh... Now the conversation's really morphed yeah so um how has it changed around the house like obviously there's massive changes there and
2: yeah, yeah, you know we unfortunately we had to we had to to look at rehoming both of our dogs just because we just needed to to have the space and and to to let him grow and do his things on the floors and stuff so that's been a bit of a challenge for us um, changing around the house, you know just just timing I mean I could go home at nine o'clock at night. I could go home at six o'clock at night. Before now, it's like he's got a little bit more scheduled time, so it's forcing right. me to become a little bit more scheduled with my timing too. Yeah. So, um, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest changes. Um, the best change though is just just the the sunshine he brings in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's cool, man. It's been it's been really cool uh, because normally, at least the first few months I worked with you, it was like. I can call Chris at any time. Like, it's like, he's on like eight o'clock, no problem, uh, eight o'clock at night usually, but now you've actually started to put those boundaries in because you've had to. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. and I like that because it's like, no, I'm trying to, aside from this sunday but it's like no i'm not working sundays and i'm like cool we'll figure it out yeah and we have enough people on our team that we can do that that's right yeah so you've really set the boundaries
2: and for you guys too right i mean you guys know that i'll answer the question when when i can but it's uh, it's not in 30 seconds anymore it's no and that's uh, cool man 30 minutes
1: yeah and it gives us a chance to figure it all out like some some situations we don't have and i'm sure you have that in your business too sometimes you don't have you know the the half a day to figure something out. It's like, I need to figure this out now or my business for the day is tanking.
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's, yeah, those, there's those tough
0: moments for sure. I mean, I, I, I really like that, uh, that fact. I mean, I can definitely relate from what I've heard. Both my parents, they, they absolutely, they've struggled when trying to have me. It took, I think my mom was saying almost like a decade as well, but wow. yeah, I mean, just to see the change in, in both my parents when when they finally were able to to have me and the time and effort that was put into it, because it it's like you said it, it truly is that miracle that comes out of out of nowhere for you. Um, indirectly, just called myself a miracle. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, no, but I'm i mean... to become the miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really wanna I really wanna know a little bit more about I guess. It, it is a little bit early but what kind of strategies do you think of when when parenting what kind of person what's your son's name yeah Blake Blake what yeah. ki- what kind of strategies do you have when you think of what kind of person you want Blake to become because for me like i remember push. both my both my parents like they they wanted to instill like confidence in me for example like you know my dad never let me i said it in previous podcasts but he never let me win in any sport whatever it was i still haven't beaten him to this day yeah um he he wanted me to earn it when i actually won Um, my mom always told me i was you know the best looking the most handsome Instill confidence and you know it, it it works to a point at one point you realize reality hits in and it's like okay no i'm not the best looking, but,
1: <laughs> um, you got to figure that
0: out for you, yourself. Exactly. Though. Exactly. But you do have the the confidence. And the biggest thing is just the support from, from parents, I think to, um, to be able to support you in whatever you're doing at yeah. any time, like whatever I want to do. I mean, like you said, you wanted to play in the NHL. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Right. And you hit an age where you realize, well, okay, either I'm going to have to work 15 hours a day at this to be where I want to be, or, it's probably not going to happen. I'm going to have to look at other things. So that's right. yes, back to the question: What are you yeah. kind of thinking about, if anything, at this point? That's a well, great question. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a really good question. I I, I think you know it's going to be one of those things where you think you know it all, but particularly being a um, an older first time parent, um, I think that that's the challenges you think you know a lot. And then all of a sudden he's here and it's like, wow, this is nothing. Like nothing that I <laughs> thought the way things were going to be or the way that they are. So that's that's already uh, making me have to think different. But I do like what you said. I mean, Robin and I both want to challenge him. It's not about... I, and I, I hate for the lack of a better word, but there's the, the, the millennial uh, verbiage that they use out there now where, you know, everybody gets a ribbon and everybody, like, we just don't believe in that. No participation right? trophies. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah like, totally. like, if you if you lost, if you came in second, you lost. You suck.
0: You either either get better or pick something else. That's right. That's That's right. That's the reality. The real world is going to be like that. So
2: that's that's a good point. So we want to make sure that he has those guidelines. I think one of the things that's changing for me and my mind all the time is trying to figure out how to show him from a, um, just from a perspective where he can see that we do things and do the things that we say we're going to do. And so that he will learn to be that way as well. And I think that's, you know, You just learn from watching, you know, I'd imagine that was probably what it was like with you and your parents, too. Yeah. You know, when you have good parents and they live up to their words and all of those things, that's, you know, that's when your your child sees that and knows that. And we just want him to know we want him to know love and we want him to know that he's supported, but um, but that he's just not going to have things handed to him.
0: Yeah, no, and totally. that's a, that's a really that's a really great way because for one, you're you need to make sure that you're setting a good example that's in, right. in whatever you're doing the the proper strategies, the proper core core principles, whatever oh. it is. We spoke about it in episode three with Jaron as well. How you know that millennial label millennial label gets thrown on because of the way I think parents have been babying their kids in the most recent totally. generations yes. here. Yes, yes, it's it is comes down to that, those participation trophies. It comes down to, um, I wanna make sure that my kid is perfect and protected from the, the dangers of the real world when the truth yeah. is that doesn't really help because if you protect them for the first 18 years of their life from the dangers of the world, Who's aren't going to go away. It just means that they're way less equipped to go through it on their own when they finally come time to move out. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be shocked. They're, they're not going to yeah. be ready for it in any way, shape or form. And that's, right. that's where the entitlement attitude comes in the, the feeling of, Oh, things need to be handed to me. Oh my gosh, I didn't get that job. Like what happened? Yeah, right. So yeah, it, totally. it's, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. It, it is a competitive, it is a, it is a dangerous world out there. And I think children need to be exposed to that as early as they possibly can. Yeah, um, I agree i agree i mean I, I can only imagine i i don't know what it would be like um but you can probably have a better idea but i can only imagine the the scariness of like seeing your child go through
1: uh difficult things yeah like bullying or or you know finding out that they suck at something and yeah. but that's just one of the lessons though like i can't you, you can't count on two hands how many things i've tried and it's like oh I'm not good at this. That means I probably shouldn't do this. Right. why would I double down on my my weaknesses when I can double down on my strengths right Like how do you how do you figure out what you're good at if they tell you you're good at everything? Yeah. and that's it you got to figure out what you're good and bad at. some things we're not we're not good at like I, I don't like doing accounting. I'm, I outsource that. I don't want to do accounting. that's therefore right. I'd rather spend all my time with people. Do you find that as well
2: yeah and i think that that's the thing right is like as he grows you want to support him in the things that he is really good at and you know let him know that he's going to have those challenges and I, it's like that for all of us too right i mean i know what i'm good at in this business and i know what i'm not good at and which yeah. is why we have three assistants working in this office you know yeah. they're the people that are great with the, the computers and the the graphics and all of that stuff i mean I, I'm not good at it nor do I have the time to do it. If I did that, I would never ever sleep. So, oh,
1: totally. you know. It's a whole job in itself. That's right. I remember trying to do like even just a, a Facebook uh, or maybe it was a Twitter. It was like a Facebook or Twitter cover. Like a, the, the <laughs> yeah, cover like a story. Header. The yeah. header, yeah. Yeah. And trying to just put like a, a logo on it. And I was like, <laughs> This t- took me like two hours, and it looks <laughs> crappy. Like it looks sucky. I hate this. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: No, and that's and yeah. that's the biggest thing. Like you said, is just supporting them in whatever they can do. But then then being being there for them to a point when when things don't go as planned is um, because those things build character. One of my favorite quotes, uh, well, quotes I guess. One of the, my favorite things that my mom always tells people is, you know, when they when they ask about me or whatever, she said, "Look, I never basically told him don't do that." Going to be bad. I forbid you from doing that. Right. She let me make my own mistakes. She always let me made, make my own mistakes. She let me spread my wings and fly. She supported me. The only difference was when I fell, she said, He's going to fall. He's going to make his own mistakes. When he falls, I'm going to be there to catch him and pick him up. Totally. So it's important. It. Exactly. It's important to make sure that the mistakes happen, but also once they happen, when once you get knocked on your ass you basically you have that support you have the people around you that you care about that care about you yeah uh that are there to help you out and pick you up when you're feeling down basically and i think it's it's really the strongest thing it really is pick you up brush you off
2: put you on the next thing move you on is that how you were raised as well i think so for the most part yeah yeah i mean i had i had a little i had a little bit of babying you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that was uh i think probably when i was a little a little little child i probably got away with a lot more than some kids do but you know growing up though once you get older you sort of go through that through that process and yeah well one thing down one thing totally. that always
0: fascinates me is just hearing like how people were parented and then what kind of parents that they become so right. like like it's just interesting to see that because some parents become their parents and other parents vow to never do anything the same as their parents did so like yep. i mean the way my mom was parented in my opinion was completely unacceptable Right. completely unacceptable the way that my grandmother parented my mother right yeah. that's that generation find that, though, right? too. that was yeah. a
1: generation same with my grandparents yeah. and great-grandparents you hear some of those horror stories it's like well not even just that them in school like getting their yeah. hands beat with stuff like you know they take the ruler and hit them over the hand and just and that's probably a very minor story compared to some yeah. of them but,
0: well I mean you, you got to think like I mean for example in, in my mom's case communist Romania and then just like I, I don't know where it came from. I mean, I'm empathetic to stuff in people's lives, whatever totally. happened. But like I said, when it when it comes down to it, I consider myself so lucky with how I was parented by yeah. both my mom and my dad because totally. the way that yeah, like I said, some of the ways that you know your grandparents pa- maybe parented your parents is just ridiculous. Yeah. You look back. Well, and we of have to like
1: you know the ways that we were parented, we can look back on it and be like, oh, I would do this and this and this differently. And for one. Um, you don't really know until you go through it. You don't know, like, oh, my, I wish my mom would have done this, I wish my mom would have done this. Um, it doesn't work like that, but also you can kind of pick and choose, like, if you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe I'll lead by example more, or maybe I'll, I'll do this differently, like, and, and it's not just that, but generationally, like, our parents raising us is gonna be a lot different than us raising kids because right. there's a different generation. And I actually kind of want to go into that. Do you notice in the real estate industry, the millennials fighting with the higher generations? Are you noticing that in transactions and stuff like that where there's a certain, there's a different attitude to approaching like interpersonal relationships and stuff like that? That's a good I, question.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think even just with not only within the business of the the realtors themselves, but just the, the clients that you deal with because texting, Facebook messages, like I, I'm still getting used to people messaging me on Facebook you know and if I don't see it till the next day and I'll be like whoa you know so I hey I'm so sorry I I don't check my Facebook on a regular basis but that's just their form of communication right I mean with the smartphones and stuff now it's a whole lot easier because you can have your messenger and all that stuff but yeah I mean it's definitely changed the way things things go especially if you're dealing I think you've got some of the Realtors have been in the business for a very long time. Right, you have to make sure you don't just send them a text about something because sometimes they don't get that, and you can't just send them an email. You you need to do two or three things, like a text, an email, up. and a phone call right. to make sure they got the paperwork. Cover because, all the bases. Yeah, yeah, because they're just they're they're still a little bit more set in their older school ways, and and which is fine. But so then you just have to make sure that you do those things properly. But when you are dealing with some of the younger younger generation. It's almost impossible to have a voice-to-voice conversation with them. They want to text or, or email. And that's for me is more comfortable.
1: Like I get a right. lot of younger clients because I try and cater my business towards the first-time buyer So that like twenty to thirty-five age range that uh, it tends to accompany the first-time buyers, right? Right. And I love texting. I love it when it's like eight o'clock at night, and instead of phoning me up and me having to go into the other room because I'm trying to just hang out with my partner, I can do that at the same time. I can help them while watching a movie, and I can help them in the same way, because they appreciate that. They would rather that medium. A lot of people nowadays are not comfortable with phone conversations. It's like, ah, don't call me. So I always ask people what the medium is, like what they want. Like I'm available on email, call, text, Facebook, Instagram. (laughs) There's like all this stuff you just choose. Just figure out which one and then let me know. And then it's easy. Yeah. That's That's a good way to do it.
0: It's just having that conversation ahead of time. I mean, for me, like I'm the exact same, like you want to hit me up on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, text totally. message, phone call, email, whatever it is. I check them all. I check, I check them all every single day. But my biggest thing is like, you know, it, it just depends what medium of communication you prefer or that person prefers. I I will admit I have my moments where <laughs> I like I genuinely get mad if another human being calls me. I will just get mad. I'm like, you know, why aren't you texting me right now so I can get back to you on my own time? (laughs) Like, I'll be in the I'll be in the middle of something. I'm writing an email, and I don't know. Like, I'm not like you, Shelby, where like, you know, the words just flow through me like crazy. Once I get into my flow, if I don't put it all out there, like it's gone. Yeah. If I get into my flow of typing or like this is some real good stuff that I'm putting down right now in a message or whatever, copyright whatever it is. If I don't finish my thought, it's over. And then if I get a phone call. I'm furious. If that's a telemarketer, I am so sorry. But what happens there? (laughs) Try to keep my cool. I try to like breathe, but oh my goodness.
2: My favorite though is when you get a text from somebody and so then you see it and it's like, okay, this is a conversation I need to have. And then you call them and they don't answer their phone. Oh gosh. Um, And you're just like, come on. Like this, I can't text this to you. This is going to take me half an hour to text this. I need to talk to you about this. And then you text them, you say, can you take a call? And they're like, oh no, can't you just, can you just text me? And you're just like, please just answer the phone. Yeah, (laughs) because some
1: stuff you shouldn't, um, actually one of our managing brokers said that. It's like, if you have to actually sit down and explain yourself, whether it be email or text message, if you're creating a story, like you actually have to make an effort to explain what's going on, pick up the phone. Yeah. And take notes that you picked up the phone to make sure. Because yeah, sometimes it's like, you end up with these long winded text messages and it's like, we could have done this in 30 seconds over the phone, yeah. but it just took an, a yeah. minute and a half of my time over text. Like, well, yeah, true. Fast text And for our true. business too,
2: because we're in our vehicles so much too, right? Totally. <clears throat> so you can't just text back all the no. time. Some of the times you have to make that phone call. And so then, you know, you get the lines crossed a little bit. But I'm actually finding some of the older um, generation are now enjoying text more than they want to get on the yep. phone too.
0: So, true. True. you know. It's very true. It's it's way more, it's way more convenient. I mean, the, the difficulty is I'll even one up you with the texting, somebody texts you about something and then you call them and they don't answer. Yeah. The worst one is when you may, maybe accidentally put your phone on silent, you forget it's on silent. You look down, you missed a phone call literally one minute ago, or you just were about to hit answer and it went to voicemail and you call the person back immediately and they don't answer. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> you literally just called
1: me. Yeah, I feel like we <laughs> you can't lot, pick up though. the phone. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes it's just like, but you know, for me, I have five calls to make and then I'm you're on to person. the next one Yeah, they, they do it and then, and then they miss it and then it's like oh on to the next one and then it's like they call back and then there's like voicemails and then you gotta go through voicemails <laughs> it's like, man this gets messy the, the, <laughs> the phone tag is
0: just unreal yeah, but yeah. one thing it's I do want to touch on is just like forms of communication I mean they were saying is like um, the, the obviously the three forms of communication where we're communicating right now is written audio and um, like physical in one in front right. of the other so the different percentages of what how much you're actually receiving that message is on average you're receiving what are they saying like 20 no sorry they were saying about seven percent seven or eight percent you're getting the message across when you're texting so that means you were right. losing 92 to 93 percent of what you're trying to get across, like the actual yes. meaning, the actual meaning, the meaning of the, the, the tone, tonality, right? the yeah. gestures, whatever it is. Yeah, I yeah. can see that totally. Whereas, like, same thing, like somebody listening to this podcast right now, they're saying that with audio, when you're on the phone, you can now hear tonality, so you're getting into a little bit higher. They're saying about 37, 30, uh, 37, 38 percent, kind of thing. So, still, you're losing over half of the basically the conversation, what you're actually, the, the, meaning, actual of, essence, yeah, the meaning of that story or whatever you're trying to grasp. So, right. you know, anybody listening to this podcast, they're not getting our facial expressions. They're not getting our hand gestures. They're not getting maybe stuff that we're looking at in the room. And then yeah. when you're physically in front of somebody, yep. you get that extra amount. And they're saying at least, at the very least, you're getting 55% of the of the message just from seeing somebody. Yeah. So from hearing you're getting 37, 38 from just seeing somebody, even if there's no audio or anything or written or anything, you can get up to 55% of the message just from seeing somebody's gestures and yeah, facial expressions. Language. Yeah. Yeah. And then when obviously that's, when you throw that's... when you throw them all together, the best way to communicate would be if uh, you know, we had contact lenses with subtitles and you were hearing <laughs> the audio and watching
1: the person but yeah. You know,
0: Yeah, it's it's very very interesting to hear that kind of dynamic because it really I mean, if you really break down your life and what it looks like right now, when you're texting somebody, how many times have you said something and then it's been received totally the wrong way that you needed it to be received. Oh man! Or you've gotten a text message and you're like, wow, that was kind of rude or something like that. You you feel like it was aggressive, but it's just the person forgot the right punctuation or forgot to send an emoji or something where you now think they're mad at you. And it's just so much communication is getting lost in text and whether it's in business relationships or, you know, love relationships, whatever it is, dating, friendships. I grew up
1: dating with texting, and yeah. that can get convoluted at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but We've it even had like, our issues with that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you find it in business as well, or, or like both of you guys find it with the older generation. Like, for example, I have this older client that he likes texting, and he texts me, hey, I want to view this property. And then I'll say, okay, I'll try and set something up, and he gives me the dreaded oh. K.
2: Oh and gosh, and the K. K. He, doesn't,
1: he doesn't mean it in a bad no. way, but he's just like, "Okay, this is the simplest way yeah. for me to get my point across." Hey. <laughs> okay, but I only have to put a K. Yeah. But I see K and I start to panic. I'm like, "Is he angry yeah, with he me? Pens- what did I do? <laughs> I do? Something?" But then I'm just like, "Okay, no, yeah. it's just this guy. It's all good. It's all good." But that's you, just you one of those re- things. Do you yeah. find that as well? Sometimes yeah, you're having to like
2: extract the message. Absolutely, and if you if you haven't met face-to-face with those people on a regular basis, oh, yeah. that's when it's the worst, right? Because right. at least if you know each other, you kind of know when that happens, right? Like, totally. you know, oh, okay, that's just that person or whatever. But if you haven't if you haven't met them face-to-face on a regular basis and you don't know their personality, their, whether they're jokers or whatever, right? Then you run into that challenge for sure.
0: I, I, I go to the complete reverse end. Like, I'm at the point now where basically at this point, like, <laughs> I want to avoid that awkwardness from the other end as much as possible that even if i have something as simple as okay to say i will throw like a smiley face or an exclamation point just to make sure that those that person That's like right. doesn't have any feeling that i am yeah. being rude or short with them or anything because it's like yeah, I mean, my biggest thing now that I've started doing is like iPhones allow you to like send thumbs up just based on the message. So, not even sending the yeah. emoji, like yeah. liking the message basically. So, I send a thumbs up. So, I mean, that's like an easy way to communicate. But yeah. I find emojis create a lot of actual like feelings, which is why I like them a lot. And I, I do I use like them
1: emojis because yeah. of that yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can just put it like a, those little. It, it, it's one step further from yeah. punctuation,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure nobody uses thumbs up and smiley faces more than me. It's like I see myself even texting, I'm just like, why am I putting so many of these on here? Oh, well. Especially because so, you yeah. hear some of the
1: older generation and they just like hate the emojis. They're just like, this is so stupid. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But that was kind of like, you know, like me when, when you see, you know, LOL, it's like, why don't you just, like, why, why do you have to put LOL? And then <laughs> right. you just start using it and you start putting ha ha. And yeah. then you're trying to figure out how to use it. And then you're like, oh, this is why why I do it. Because it actually makes things easier. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and then to go back to like even with Blake now being seven months old, I can't even imagine what the world is going to be like in 10 years or 15 years oh, when, when he's a teenager and able to use these devices. Like it's going to be so different. What, It'll be what so are those, different.
0: What are those devices even going to be? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that begs another conversation that yeah. like goes into the strategy of like basically – parents are saying like oh they don't want their kids on technology the technology is ruining them and it's it, it kind of bugs me to a point because it's like I can see where they're coming from that they don't want their kids to be like
2: too so involved
0: focused. in that and yeah. so focused at the same time though what kind of world do you think that your kids is go- are gonna live in in the yeah. next 10 20 30 years yeah do yeah. you think they're gonna live in a world where they go outside and they play I'm sorry no they're not anymore. You're gonna live in a world where you're giving your five-year-old kid contact lenses so that they can virtually go out and play. Yeah, so
2: it, it's how, just the way it is. I think is. that the power I mean, yeah. yeah. Like See, that won't you- ha- that won't happen with us because we like we are active outside people. You know, we like to go hiking, we like to go walking. You know, if if Blake is into sports, he's gonna go and play real sports. He's not gonna be playing it online. You know, so I think there's there's um, a challenge there to allow them to be integrated into technology but also to understand that there is a world outside. Good point. So I think it's really important to find, Now we talk about balance. I think that's where there needs to be balance, right? Right. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Yeah. because you kind of have to throw yourself away from that now that all of that is becoming so easy. Right. You're going to have to pull back on that. Yeah. Even, Even, like, we have to all pull ourselves back on technology as we get just completely mentally saturated with this stuff. It becomes so easy to get lost in your phone or, the television whatever it happens to be yeah and then you forget that like going outside just for half an hour makes you feel so much better yeah like yeah. you have to stay connected somehow yeah it's, true. Yep. it's yep. craziness and
2: this too right being face to face I mean mm-hmm. you could do this podcast without any one of us being in this room yeah but yep. it's not the same it's not the no. same thing
1: no and right? and you know what like we, we will have guests yep. that are remote but at yeah. the same time like I think these are gonna be our best conversations moving forward because it's it's live and it's on air and everything it's it's face to face i can actually gauge your interactions i can gauge how you're feeling if maybe i mean you don't but if you felt uncomfortable i can maybe sense that and then we can sort of like veer away and that's you know even something i i was like slightly resistant when we started this was like the the video aspect because it adds you saw the setup today like it adds a completely new dimension to the podcast game but i think it's cool because now we can hello uh we can say hi to everyone and we can interact with them And they can understand our facial recognition and they can go, okay, they're doing it just, you know, like this is, this is just us. And like, you know, I have to deal with this stupid thing that keeps falling and like, you know, there's, You got to drink your coffee, like we're just regular people. It doesn't need to be this, it adds adds that extra connection, yeah. We just want it to be raw and and authentic that way,
0: yeah. No, and and Chris, I I do like that point you made because, yes, I I don't want to go all the way to the one end where it's like, okay, I want I think we're going to spend all our time on technology. I think things run in cycles, I don't think anything ever dies. Like, for example, let's be honest, the, the fastest way that people used to you know go from point A to point B in the past was chariot or bicycle or something like that, right. Bicycles aren't dead, but people are riding bicycles now on their own time because they enjoy it. And I think that's what's going to happen with everything, whether it's going outside or whatever it is. We're going to use technology as a point of convenience. You know, if I, instead of driving all the way across town, can go into virtual reality VR and teleconference you, Shelby, or whatever it is, right? If I can do that, why wouldn't I do that? To create a more convenient aspect and to save time so that now I can go with my family or whatever I want to do do and enjoy myself exactly so I think we need to look at it not as much as a um, it's going to demonize and ruin us as a society I think it's gonna save more time so that we can go back and go to our roots where we're doing things that we actually enjoy more because we're buying back time anything in technology that you see now is literally saving people time yeah. It's oh, either, totally. it's doing one or two of two things. It's either saving you time or I think it's making you more efficient. Like think of how much we can get done in a 24 hour day now with mobile phones and the internet that you couldn't do back in the day, oh,
1: totally, you know, man. 30, 40, 50 totally. years
0: ago, yeah. nine to five, your day was over. Yeah. To even start a business or anything, you couldn't do it on your own time. Yep. You couldn't spend that time after 5 PM do that until midnight or one or two in the morning. Once you were done, you were done. Everybody was done oh, for totally the day. Man. You save your money and then you take the big risk of opening up a brand new business where nobody knows anything, yep. right? But you can simultaneously now do these things. You can, you can make the most, you can squeeze a 24-hour day. Yep. You totally can. So like I said, it's either going sure. to free up time, it's going to save people time, or it's going to create much more efficiency. Right.
1: So where do you want to see it go? When your kid comes to you at ten years old and says, <laughs> "I want a, I want an iPad," yeah, or something like that, how's
2: that? Yeah, that's how do that's, you approach that? That's that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I think you know, you just have to allow them to uh, engage with it, but maybe set time limits on it. You know, yeah, because they do, they do need to learn to be social and interactive with people. They can't just be doing it virtually and i think that's the scary part about it right. and i tend to agree with you with some ways it makes our, our world more efficient but then sometimes it doesn't like we talked about the texting if i'm driving or i'm this or i'm that and to, to text somebody for a long time that's a 30 second conversation but takes me 10 minutes to get a text yeah. out i mean so sometimes there's good stuff to it and sometimes there's not True. you know so i think it's, it's always a contrast yeah it's always a contrast but that, that begs my question though is that a technology issue
0: or is that a person to person issue is that you guys aren't choosing the right form of communication depends. right yeah i
1: think it yeah. depends and yeah. i think different different conversations in different contexts require different things yeah. like there's some and i'm sure you have that with suppliers and things like that there's certain people you just don't text and if you just try and do that with the with the aim of okay well this is going to save me time well what about them yeah you're just annoying them so you have to you have to not not go down to their level. You you but you do. You have to figure yeah. out what they what they need. Yeah. And that's why I always ask the question. Yeah. But and, and I'm sure we do it with our sellers and our buyers,
2: right? We yeah. do that with with within our business. How do you like to best be communicated to? Text, yeah. email, phone call. What do you like best? Yeah. And number it. Which ones you like best? So makes yeah, it a little easy. bit more efficient. But anyways, to get back to to the little guy, I don't I don't know I don't know. I it'll we'll have to see how the world evolves around him, and and we'll have to evolve with him.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's the biggest thing is just adapting with the things as they happen. And that's, that's that's all you can do. But honestly, like you're an extremely stand up guy, you've got great values that you live by and you're constantly trying to better yourself. So, and you know, I don't really know Robin too well. I've only met her a handful of times, but I'm sure that she's the exact same way. And I think that you guys are a great duo to just move forward. And like I said, adapt together and I think he's in is in really good hands. It's yeah, it's thank a, you it really. really is a gift to have an only child, honestly. A, a single child. I don't know if you plan on having any more or if this is the one, but it, it truly is a gift when you can put, you know, we talked about the counterbalance when yeah. you can have that 100% just in one child. Yeah. Um they really feel it. Yeah. I'm I'm a single
2: child myself, only child myself, so to right.
0: Right. definitely speak from experience there.
2: Yeah. I hey, we'd be happy, uh, you know, to have another child, but if it was only Blake too, that's okay as well, you know. It it, it It's at this point has changed our lives so much that it just whatever happens, happens.
0: So No, I think one of the most powerful things though is even like even like little things like this podcast now. So basically we're recording this right now. This is gonna be out there forever. I mean, Blake's maybe listening to this and he's 18 yeah. right now. Yeah. Hi Blake. When you're 18, yeah. right seriously, your great great grandchildren could be listening to this right now, which is why I think like with things like technology and the stuff that we're doing now and the way the world is going, I think going back to the very first thing we talked about is just being a better person. That's right. Being a good person is going to be basically undefeated in the end. It's going to, it's going to speak enormous amounts about yourself because yeah. it just shows now that that's who you were and now you're setting your legacy. We are the first few generations here, the ones that were born into technology, the ones that are living through it, that our lives are being documented. It's so powerful to know that our legacy is in the making just by living our lives. Do you know how, how cool it would have been to know our great grandparents? what their lives were like, what kind of people they were like, being yeah, able to like, they would have been, exactly right. That. That right. So being, cool. being able to dissect, being pictures. able to dissect the little things about them, like, wow, so I got this for my great grandpa, but I got yeah, this yeah. for my great grandma. I think it's so empowering to be able to just live our lives, have everything documented and just have our, you know, relatives for decades, centuries in the future, being able to listen to this.
1: Yep. So you, you talk about that as if it's like a legacy building thing. So, so, yeah how do we how do you build a legacy what are you trying to do in not just your real estate business but in your life to really build a legacy for your kid um, for your family like there's a certain point where you've now reached a certain level of success you know that no matter the type of market whatever happens yep. you'll be okay you know you have the, the talents and the communication skills and uh, all the knowledge to be able to move forward no matter what so yep. have you really turned to that legacy side and and what are you doing actively to to try and set that example?
2: Wow, that's a really good question. I don't know, we we have it, when you walk into our office there, we've got that little um, uh, logo at the front there that just says, you know, stay humble, work hard, be kind. And I think that's really the best way that you can hopefully leave a legacy, right, is is treat people with kindness, be humble yourself, you know, and, and work hard. Yeah. And I think that's, that would be the, <laughs> hopefully that's what Blake will learn. You know, so legacy yeah. to our child, yeah, ab- absolutely. That's what I would want him to know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do whatever you want to do, but...
2: That's right. Do
1: it with integrity. Yeah, but Do it
2: with integrity. Yeah.
0: The yeah. legacy of just being a better person in general, I think that's a, yeah. a super powerful thing. Totally. And I think it's going to, to be more on.
2: complicated. Yeah. Like, you guys have been talking about technology and everything. I think it's going to be more complicated because there's so many people that can hide behind a computer and, right. and spout off whatever they want without any consequence because they're they're hidden behind their computer, right? And I think totally. being out in the community, meeting people, being good to people, being kind, listening to people, those are the things that will be desired by people later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think you don't, don't want to
1: get too vain with it either. No. Like it's so easy to get lost in a world of selfies and right. all this, you know, technology can naturally make us selfish too. We have to fight right. that as we go.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: No that's that's absolutely incredible well like you
2: were talking about sharing that video and that's one of the things that yeah. I struggle with right yeah. is like how much do I post of my child on on yeah. Facebook and Instagram I mean to totally. me it's fantastic I think I thought that was a great video I think it's hilarious but do I want to share that with so many other people totally it's a challenge for me
0: it, it is a fine line and that's definitely yeah. a decision that needs to be made between you, yeah. know, you and your wife that's, that's, a, right. that's a totally personal topic and nobody uh, should be should be swaying you one way or the other, no, right? No. So that's, that's totally something that's um, in your hands, and I think it's whatever you decide is going to be yeah. important at this point. But there's lots yeah. of people that don't want to share their personal life in any way, but they're super, super open on a personal level.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. that's just it. I'll talk about pretty much anything with anybody. Talking, but when it's the video stuff and I think it's just I'm just uncomfortable with it really at the end of the day and you that's gotta you gotta think to.
0: that he's he's too young at this point to be able to make that decision of whether he wants to be out there like what if yeah. he, right. what if that yeah. now creates resentment 10 years from now because he's like wow yeah. I didn't want to be
2: shared like that dad like everybody knows me <laughs> yeah right? everybody so, knows me as this as, as right? the kid making the squawky noise yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly right yeah, so, yeah, so like, yeah, totally. that's, like I that's owned you at that answer. point yeah. Yeah. that's why yeah <laughs> no
1: Definitely. So cool. Well, let's um let's try and delve just into a couple little rapid fire stuff. Sure. Um, to do with real estate, to do with business, um, obviously related back to your family life as as much as you want. But sure. I wanna, I think I think me and David need to ask a couple questions, um, and I want to come at it from the stigmatized side of, of real estate, sure. of the business that you happen to be in. And we yeah. like to do this uh, for guests to see what their responses are. Because yeah. we all have our like preconceived notions of what industries are and like what they stand for and all of this stuff. So uh, what do you say when someone comes up to you and talks about your commission? Uh, because people see these gargantuan volumes. You know, It's this percentage of the sales, so they, they look up what that is and they, they go, oh wow. And then they might go down the road and see someone else that offers to do it less. So yep. when someone asks you that, what do you say?
2: Well, with us, we try really hard not to focus so much on that. Um, we focus on what it is that we actually do to help them. So our service levels um, being the, the, the biggest factor. I mean, that is the most important thing with our team is our service level and the care that we actually give to people. Uh, it's pretty easy. I think for for people to think that this business is very, you know, just you're just throwing a sign in the yard and what have you. We go five million steps above that to try and help people have that really great experience, um, along with making sure that they actually sell their property for more than they may working with a different company. Yeah. Right. And we try to help guide them in that direction. I mean, one of the services that we offer on our team is we actually have a client concierge. And, you know, like one of the things that they do is like, we might have a busy working couple and they don't have any kids, but they both work during the day. We've got their place for sale. They left the house. Um, you know, maybe uh, the toilet seats were up and the lights are all off. We want it the lights totally on. Yeah. So so we send our person over there to go make sure the lights are off, toilet seats are down, just so that the house shows its best when we're trying to sell our property. The only way you're going to get the most money for your property is for it to show the best. Right. So those are one of the things that we do that we try to um Help show our value, and the thing is, with us, we're not the most expensive out there, but we're not the cheapest. Yeah. But we offer really, really, really good value and a high, and a high level of service.
0: Because that's the right. one. Th- that's the one thing you can control is the value that you do add. Is that's not, right? I mean, the commissions are going to vary, you know, from location to location, but right. You know, the value is one thing that you you can control as a as a broker as the realtor yourself. So, yeah. segues into the next question is, you know, for somebody looking from the outside what really is the difference between REMAX, Century 21, 3% Realty,
2: uh, whatever the different ones are, right? Well, I I think from a company standpoint, um, you know, when you get into some of the bigger branded name companies, there's just so much more reach that we have out there. When you have the small in-town companies, um, you know, the internet, yes, it does reach, but there's also the social aspect we were talking about. Um, and with that social aspect, (laughs) with the social aspect, you know, when you are part of Remax or Century 21 or one of those companies, you're working with, you know, tens of thousands of other agents in other areas of the countries. And so like you have this community of people that you get to work with when you, when you're working with one of the smaller companies here in town, your reach is only as far as their reach is. Right. Um, you know, so I think that that's, that's one of the differences I think for us just being part of Remax is the brand recognition, but then what we do inside of our own little team um, just is we just try to far exceed what everybody else does. Yeah, so at the end of the yeah. day, it's the
0: same thing you said with commission, basically. These are just like um, brands that stand behind the name, but at the end of the day, it's really about finding the right person for the,
2: you. And, right? oh, yeah. and that's exactly it, right? I mean, I think I, I, I sometimes I, I, I get a little passionate about when I see things happening in this business where I'm like, I wonder if those people actually talk to anybody else other than that person. Because right. if they had, they may have sold their home for more, or they, their home may have appeared better uh, in the marketing, You know, whatever the circumstance is. So I, I think that just trying to show that that's what we do and hopefully getting that referral and that word of mouth out there for people where they just know that that's what we're about that's the kind of business we want to run yeah. yeah so i guess from
0: what i'm hearing then is like basically for anybody that's looking to work with a realtor whether they're buying or selling i think it's it's really important from from what i'm hearing that You know, they go to the different brands and stuff like that, but they also make sure that they interview multiple people to figure out who's the right fit.
1: Oh, totally,
2: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Go, go check it out. Like, go shopping.
1: Yeah, I mean, and
2: it's it's not always about the cheapest or the most expensive for the this or that. It's about the right fit for that particular person, right? I think when you have. and we know we're not for everybody. Like, that's the thing, right? I mean, we might yeah. go and present ourselves and say, this is what we're going to help you do, and we can help you get X amount of dollars more for your property. And they might go, we don't have the time to do that. And right. so we just want, but we want you to work for us, but we want you to do it for this much. And we're saying, well, so I'm sorry, that's not how our how our team and how our, our business runs. So yeah. if you choose somebody else, that's okay. We're okay with that. And, yeah. you know, so I, I think we get, we're pretty privileged. I think we... We work with pretty awesome people, yeah.
1: And you wanna be able to choose who you work with at a certain point, like who right. likes to work with people that they don't like. I mean, we all, in in business life, you're gonna run into people that, you know, are, are a little bit harder to work with than others, and that's, that's a true. reality, and even people that you thought, maybe family or friends that were gonna be easy, are not the easiest ones to, to deal with, and that's okay. That's but right. at the end of the day, if you can, I feel like if you can kind of minimize that, mitigate that impact of like, okay, well, I'm working with 10 people right now and six of them aren't people that I would even converse with on a day to day basis. Is that really a successful business model? Right. Is, and is that sustainable? Are you going to burn out? Like, who, who wants to hate their life going to work? No, no one. And that's usually exactly.
2: jobs. Exactly. So, Yeah. So that's, that's sort of our goal with, within RE-MAX and then Chris Homan Associates and just the way we run our business. And we're constantly trying to change. You know, we, want, we ask our clients for feedback, you know, what can we do better? what could we do better so that your next experience with us better, your friends who you're going to refer to us, their experience is that much better. Like, that's, that's what we want to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, any, any more questions you have, David, in specific? If you could have one superpower, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's change the trajectory yeah. again. Yeah. I like these ones. Uh One superpower. I think I would like to travel in time. Travel in time, eh? Yeah. See, what about you, Shelby?
1: Oh, I can't even answer that. My I thing is teleportation. I
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Like, if I could just, like, snap my fingers or, like, pull out my watch or something press a button be anywhere, like think of how much time that could save so now like if i want to do a weekend getaway or t- t- see my grandparents for an evening or something in romania <laughs> just yeah, just yeah run like, totally like, totally yeah. i'm right over there don't have to worry about jet lag or any of that stuff and then you know stay there for about three hours okay guys i'll see you tomorrow yeah, like go yeah, have dinner with your family, family and, yeah. so elon musk if you're listening i want uh teleportation next okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that yeah. next, of course yeah, yeah. Right. um one more actually yeah, one yeah, more totally one there. more question what is something that you are and it could be something completely small little whatever it is what's something you're absolutely obsessed with right now like just something that's caught your eye and you're super intrigued about it so like for example it's snowing a lot right now and maybe you're like ticked off from slipping on ice and you know you're researching the best types of salt to put on the driveway (laughs) and that's something you're obsessed with what's
1: something you're obsessed with right now oh wow Maybe something that you read, or something that you really yeah book you're reading, yeah. TV well, we, TV
2: show you're watching. We, whatever We talked it is. about it a little while ago that the the one thing I think I'm I'm pretty i just downloaded their podcast. I've got their book on audio, and I just finished actually there physically reading it. So I would say that's probably what I'm, I'm awesome. obsessed with right now. And that's do you awesome. do
0: you prefer physical reading, or do you prefer the
2: like audio? I actually really like both. Yeah, really? it depends on the book, though, right? Like if I was just listening to a story, like some fictional story, I would rather read it. Um, then listen to it but if I'm listening or or doing business books I can do either read or or listen to it got some some are better to listen to Um, some are better to read what I really liked is that I finished the one thing um, reading it first and now I can listen to it that's right and then I can always go back and reference and you know those kind of things so
0: yeah that's a a good point Yeah, yeah for me like I know Shelby likes to read he reads uh you know fiction, nonfiction as well. Yeah. I, I just don't like reading. I, I can't stand it honestly. Like I'm I'm a really go 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 person. I try to I try to listen to audiobooks if I can. If it's yeah. something like really intriguing, like I will very, very rarely read. Like the book that I'm reading right now or trying to, I've been off for about five nights here. Yeah. yeah. Um is uh Elon Musk's autobiography. So like for that one I'm really trying to dive into dive in deep to that. So right. i got the actual book itself. But totally I keep looking at the audiobook on Audibles and I'm like, oh I really want this but i'd like to read it first before i listen to <laughs> it right yeah, yeah
2: totally totally definitely i would so, say the other thing i'd probably be a little bit obsessed with too is just trying to figure out how to be a great dad yeah. you know so two things family business do you got plenty yeah. of time to do that that's yeah. that's gonna be a lifelong you'd, journey you'd, I you'd, you'd think it's already been seven seven months it's like time's just fine. ripping by it's,
1: it's crazy yeah. so you're I just want to frame a very final question that's yeah. not, nothing to do with you know the rapid fire yeah. but yeah. Um, so you want to time travel so if you could time travel back to say 20 years ago maybe before you even started in in real estate um, what would you tell yourself because we often we often don't remember that you have to trust the process mm-hmm. it's a lot of patience it's persistence and keeping going and yeah. trusting that things will work out so if you could go back to yourself 15 years before what would you tell yourself to help your help yourself out?
2: two things i would tell myself to buy property absolutely 100% yeah. the other thing hmm. get comfortable get comfortable with technology and and video cuz that is terrifying to me
1: yeah going well, on video i hope we we gave you a little crash course today and you and, did. and helped you out just just cuz this is all new to us this is our first live stream we're really stoked to to yeah. be in front of you guys and and this has been a, an absolute honor. I've appreciated getting to know you the past little while. Um, again, I, I want to clarify that, you know, David and I always discuss things like conflict of interest. And, and, and we didn't bring you on uh, to try and market our team. It, it was not a marketing play on on the part of Chris Holman Associates or yeah. even Remax or anything. Uh, I've always just been a really big fan of your story and, you. and our our podcast is community centered. It's not, it's not a profit making engine and, and we want to keep it that way. So I really appreciate you coming on and telling us your story. Um, you're a good friend to me. I really appreciate you and, and, and all that you've given me over the years. And I hope, um, I can return that to you someday.
2: Yeah, um,
1: thank you. and, and David and I just thank you from the
2: bottom of our hearts for, for coming on for our first live
1: stream. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for
2: having me guys. I'm, I'm super proud of you guys. I think this is, this is so awesome to see you guys doing this as young guys in this town. It's very, very cool no yeah thank, thanks man thanks yeah. so much
0: chris i really appreciate it and like shelby said i mean this podcast is just all about the stories we, yeah. we love to hear people's stories we love to get into you know interesting conversation i think that's the yeah. it's the best part you, you uncover some some great things and you learn new things about yourself other people learn them about you as well so Absolutely. it's it's been great yeah. thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah. do you have a final question or you know words of wisdom or anything you want to leave with uh with us or with the with the <laughs> listeners now yeah, that we're live yeah. streaming
2: boy oh boy Daddy tips, like, yeah, daddy tips, Yeah, daddy tips. <laughs> daddy tips. You know what? Just 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 be present when you can. Be present when you can. Be present when yeah. you can. I yeah. think that
0: is a great way to end the podcast right there. That is, yeah. Thank you
2: so Good. much, man. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. It's been guys. an absolute
1: pleasure.